0: Welcome to Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond podcast. I'm your host. My name is Franz. Since 1969, Sailrite has been equipping you with everything you need to sew for your boat, from biminis and boat covers to upholstery work and even sewing your own sails. Sailrite is your one-stop shop for fabric, sail and canvas kits, tools, hardware and sewing supplies. Sailrite is also the maker of the patented Ultrafeed sewing machine, a portable heavy duty machine that can handle all the sewing jobs for your boat and more. A passionate crew of DIYers, Sailrite produces high quality free how-to videos to empower their customers to turn their sewing dreams into a reality. All right, I am talking to Randy Sprague. Randy developed a, comp- uh, a product for sailboats like mine that don't turn very well. Uh, it's it's basically a portable, or not really portable, but not not a. It's a bow thruster or stern thruster for a boat. This was uh, this was brought to my attention by one of our listeners, and I thought, well, it'd be good to reach out to you. I've watched a couple YouTube videos of the product, and I thought it would be good to share it with my listeners, and uh, and just pick your brain a little bit. So, Randy, uh, you, where do you? First of all, are you a sailor?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I had a Catalina 30 for a number of years, and then I also like to race, so I crew on other people's boats, so I don't have to pay the maintenance.
0: <laughs> okay, so currently
1: I, though, currently though, I've converted over to the dark side. I have a 38 foot trawler uh my my wife prefers that over the the 15 degree healing all the time
0: yeah yeah well it happens it happens and uh tell, tell us where you live
1: I live in the puget sound area it's uh on a peninsula just west of seattle it's called the kitsap peninsula and it's surrounded by saltwater.
0: all right so do you have a boat in front of your house i know some of those houses out there do
1: yeah, actually it's kind of nice because Seattle is very expensive and very crowded, but you just cross Puget Sound and it becomes very sparse and very affordable. So yeah, I'm able to live on the on the sea and have a dock out front.
0: Oh, that's nice. That's really yeah. nice. Is that where you keep your trawler?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. So tell us describe what your your bow thruster stern thruster is tell us what you've developed yeah and i gotta i gotta back up a little bit are you an engineer
1: yeah my background is electronic <laughs> engineering but i've um you know i've actually dabbled in optics and mechanical engineering as well plus plus as a double e uh we invariably get sucked into writing software a lot so i do a lot of software
0: all right i thought so i mean people that develop products like this and i imagine this is your own product you've invented this product is that correct
1: that's correct. Uh, I've worked for other companies and have 51 patents issued to my name. And, and so I decided that, well, I might as well get one that I get to keep. So I've got a patent on this that I own and don't have to give to another company.
0: All right. All right, so let's go into uh, the product itself. So just describe the product. Remember, this is audio. So even though I've been able to watch one of your YouTube videos, most of the people listening to this podcast are probably driving or running or exercising, so they can't watch a YouTube video. So visual, you know, use words to yeah. describe what your product is.
1: Yeah. Well, so what we manufacture is a thruster that can be used either on the bow or stern of either a sailboat or a powerboat. And it's just like any other thruster in that, you know, if you need to move your bow to port, you go ahead and thrust to port, and similar with the stern. So it's, in that sense, it's just like any other thruster. What makes it unique is that it is all self-contained, and what I mean by that is that it contains its own lithium batteries, so you don't need wires between the thruster and your boat. And it also has its own wireless control. So you don't need to have uh, wi- wiring to your bridge so that you can control the thruster through, through switches and um, joysticks. So it just, it just operates off to the uh, RF remote control. And then in terms of mounting it, rather than the conventional approach, uh, approach of putting a tunnel into your boat and, and mounting a, a motor inside that tunnel... We actually mount this to the exterior of the boat, and that is done by we use a, a Schaefer T-Track, standard sailing hardware, and the, the thruster can slide up and down that track that's, you know, the track is mounted to the boat and the thruster is not. It just slides up and down the, the T-Track. So you slide it down and it goes into the water and then you can control it with the remote control. Uh, and then when you're done docking, you can slide it back up out of the water. Um, so there's there's you know three things you need for a thruster. You need power, you need control, and then you need mechanical attachment. And we've done them all such that there is no uh, attachment to the boat at all. You can slide this thing off completely and stow it below decks or up on deck if you prefer. So when you're underway, there's absolutely no drag. You don't have to remove it from the T-track. You can just slide it up so it's clear of the water a couple feet. And uh, and then you're on your way with, with no drag penalty from your thruster. All
0: right. So I was watching the video, and I saw that you attached it to uh, the T-track to uh, stainless steel uh, tubing. And um, so I'm, I'm just imagining putting this on my boat. My boat's a Bristol Channel Cutter. So it's got a, a bob stay and uh, boom can... Well, Bob stay on the front and boomkin on the back, but on the if I wanted a bow bow thruster, I couldn't mount it right out the very bow. It'd have to be offset where it's turning well, and coming down. so
1: unfortunately, not all boats are are compatible with our thruster. Okay, and and so a common installation would be like on a hundred thirty six. They've got uh, they don't have a Bob stay. Um, and their, the anchor roller is offset either to port or starboard because you've got the 4 stay right in the center line. And so we would just mount a fitting, uh, you know, we just, it's a stainless steel fit fitting that mates to the one-inch uh, tubing that the T-track is mounted to. So we just mount that lower fitting right to the hull, you know, three inches above the water line or so. And the top fitting would mount to the side of the um, the anchor roller. And and then that pretty much puts it in line in center line with the boat because the anchor roller itself is offset to one side. Boats that have bobstay, um, we really can't support because there's just mechanical interference with the bobstay. Okay. okay, so uh, sorry, out of luck there. Um, the bobstay uh, on the on the stern, rather, uh, the line there. You can it depends if you have a canoe stern then that becomes a problem. But, you know, a lot of the sugar scoop spoons or something like that is pretty easy to mount to the stern, as, as even, even with guy wires in the way.
0: All right. So my boat doesn't work. But there's no reason you couldn't develop some sort of a cant so that you could uh, mount it on the side so it would still be facing... <coughs> You know, yeah. ninety degrees. I mean, yeah. there'd just um, be little That's right. More...
1: It depends on how, it depends on how aggressive you wanted to be with the mounting. But you know, typically, I uh, I guess us, all of us sailors have a little bit of aesthetic, and and so I I just feel like okay, if you've got a bobstay, it's probably better if we just stay away from that. Unfortunately, that means there's no solution for those boats because you really don't want to put a. a a tube in a sailboat just unless you really don't care about your hull speed because the drag is really quite a penalty of the standard standard thrusters. Yeah. And you've got the, you've got the maintenance and the cost. I mean, you know, that's that's the thing about having a self-contained thruster is that there's very little installation cost, the thruster itself is quite affordable. So we're talking about you know 5-6 times cheaper than than a conventional thruster would be. So it's considerably more affordable than the alternative. Unfortunately, I, I'm sorry about the bobstay thing. I just can't
0: support boats with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the, that's the that's the minority of boats. So you've hit the the vast market of boats. That...
1: Well, it's I've, I'm sort of surprised at how many uh, people with stays are out there. In fact, I had a my Catalina 30 was a tall rig, so it had a short short uh, sprit going out, and uh, it had a stay on it as well. So it's not that uncommon. Um, Unfortunately, it's just hard to work around.
0: All right, so I'm at your website. It's called docstarthrusters.com, D-O-C-K-S-T-A-R-T-H-R-U-S-T-E-R-S.com, and I'll put a link in the show notes. But I'm looking at how much they cost, and the smart thruster, the basic thruster, uh, is $1,895. Of course, this could change with time. And so, if you're listening to this two years in the future, don't hold us to this uh, this price. Uh, the complete pontoon. Boat so, what,
1: what you need for a sailboat is you need the bow mount if you're going to do a bow, or the stern mount if you're going to do a stern. Mm-hmm. And and that those are on about two ninety five uh, for a bigger boat. So it actually is about three forty nine for the mount, and then eighteen ninety five for the thruster. So going out the door, you're you know still talking less than twenty two hundred dollars. Yeah. And there's and then you don't have you don't have the haul out. You know, there's no need to haul the boat out of the water. There's no annual maintenance. So there's no no other cost. Typically, people, the boat owners would install it themselves because it's it's literally just two screws on the bottom and two screws on the top. Um, the screws are th- through bolts, so you do want to have somebody inside the hole to help you out. So it does take a second pair of hands for that. But it's it's really a short short job.
0: So how long has this been on the market?
1: Well, we introduced it at the Seattle Boat Show uh, a year ago, and so it's been uh, now that's it's close getting close to thirteen months ago. Um, and we you know we really focused on the Puget Sound area because we were you know wanting to get experience with a a variety of boats and all that before we went to national. So we didn't actually go uh, outside of the Seattle area until summer of last year.
0: All right. And do you do your manufacturing there locally?
1: Yes, it's, uh, it's on the Kitsap Peninsula where, you know, where we're located and it is, that's where the final assembly is done. The the electronics and everything we have uh, assembled south of Seattle and and then the circuit boards themselves are fabricated in Oregon. The radio comes from Oregon. So we do source parts around the country. Um, the motors themselves are sourced from China because we just couldn't find a source in the United States for those. Okay. But, but most of the components are U.S. components, and certainly the assembly is all done
0: in the U.S. And how have sales gone for you?
1: Well, um, I'm an engineer, and I'm not really a, a marketing guy. So we've just been relying on, on word of mouth locally and then the website. And so I'm happy with that. Um, we're contemplating going on to Amazon, which would give us much better exposure. Um, you know, the cost of a full-blown ad campaign is too much for a small company like us. So it's, it's growing more through word of mouth than anything. So I mean, after, after all, you found out about us, and and you didn't read an ad, so it's it somewhat works.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. A person knows of the adventures I have in backing up my boat, and he said uh, you might want to take a look at this product. <laughs>
1: so if if your issue is backing up, yeah, th- then then really putting it on the stern is a good good option because um, that that helps you steer your boat in reverse really well. <laughs> Uh, that they, they kind of spin well on their, their keel axis. So whether it's in the bow or whether the stern, it, it, you almost get the same effect. Uh, it'll just spin the boat on its turn axis. Now, a full keel is a little bit different. You, you, you know, th- that's harder to turn.
0: Yeah, and my but. boat's a full keel with an aft-hung rudder. So it really doesn't really lend itself to either being on the bow or on the stern. Because my rudder would be interfering with the track all the time. So that right,
1: actually, the the aft uh, rudder like that is quite rare. Yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty unusual. But I have run into a couple of those. Yeah, and so that's also an issue. You'll well, just have to get a new boat.
0: Oh yeah, that's what I'm going to have to do. <laughs> I sailed, I had my boat up in Anacor- Anacortes for about five years before, about probably about four years before I sailed across the Atlantic, and I just love sailing up in that area. That's just a wonderful... Oh, so,
1: you, so you're familiar with our waters. That's oh, great. Oh, very yeah, familiar, yeah. Yeah, so that's, uh, I'm just south of the Strait of Juan de Fuca, mm-hmm. and so all we have to do is cross that little little street, and there we are on the San Juans. Yeah, so.
0: yeah and now talk to me about how you came up with this give us the backstory let tell it tell us how you came up with this idea and what problems you had in developing and you know you're an engineer you're a problem solver so let's get the whole story you know this is about well, entertainment it's, here.
1: It's, it's not very glamorous i've been sailing for years and, and when i was younger i absolutely refused to turn the engine on i had to sail into the dock and i had to sail away from the dock and and uh, after dinging the dock a couple times with sailing in and all that, OK, it's OK to start the motor. And then as time goes on, you decide, well, you know, <laughs> there's no, sense, no reason to keep struggling with this in wind and current. I'll, I'll get a thruster. And I and I looked into it uh, and they were just so darned expensive and so obtrusive to your boat that I just said, no, oh, it's just not going to happen. And then one day, I was docking my boat in perfectly fine weather. My, it was actually at home port, and I lazily threw my bow line to somebody on, sh- on the dock and, and not thinking much about it. And they proceeded to pull hard sideways on the bow, so the stern swung away from the dock. So I quickly ran to the stern of the boat to throw the stern line in, and I slipped and fell in the cockpit, and I tore the tendon off my knee. And I said, this is ridiculous. If I'd had a stern thruster, I could have just pulled that right in. No, you know, At my age, because I'm 63 now, I can't afford to be running around the boat and, and ripping tendons off my knee. So it was really the fact that I was laid up for three months and nothing else to think about. But gosh, I need to get a thruster. And I researched and researched and there just wasn't anything out there. And I thought, well, how hard is it to... 65 pounds of thrust on the side of the boat it's you know i mean outboards do that all the time and all i need is to you know think a little bit differently and it shouldn't be that hard so it was really laid laid up for three months after an injury docking injury that uh spawned this product
0: now did you have you financed it all yourself or did you go out and get angel investors what how did you start the business
1: well um that's actually was very appealing to me for starting this business because um, the cost of developing a product, it's actually quite expensive to develop a product like this if you have to hire all the engineers it takes to do. But since I can do mechanical CAD, I can do electronic design and I can do software, I thought, well, it's just sweat equity. So if you don't count the sweat equity, it's not that much money. Um, I, and so I went ahead and financed it myself um it's it, it is kind of amazing now when i when i first started my engineering career it would have taken a team of 20 people to make this but now with you know automated cad tools and all the equipment out there that helps you out one person can do it so that's what i did
0: it's a, it's a it's a very interesting product it it's one that would solve problems for a lot of boats out there and it's it's really fairly fairly good looking i mean it's not a it's not a it's a fairly attractive product and since you can pull it right on out of the water that looks uh like it might solve the problem for a lot of people have you sold any overseas yet
1: well that's an interesting question i have been i have gotten more inquiries from overseas than from north america but um it's not as simple as you'd think. It's, I mean, it, it's not that hard, but I, the radio frequencies that are legal in the in North America are different than the radio frequencies that are allowed in, in UK or Italy, where I've been getting all these responses. And so we would have to come up with an electronic version specific to whichever country we're going to sell to. Uh, now, more fortunately, you're Union, they have all the same frequencies. But if you go down to New Zealand or Australia, where we've also got a lot of inquiries, it's it's a different set of rules. So it's not like you can just have one model serve the the world. You have to each region requires its own. And then the other thing is that um, this uses uh, what's a battery. It's called lithium lithium iron phosphate. It's not lithium ion like in your your um, laptop computer. It's it's iron as in ferrous material, and it's a um, it's a it's a high power battery, but it's it's more stable, longer lasting, <clears throat> and safer than the lithium ions. It's a 3.2 volt battery cell instead of a 3.7, so it is a little lower capacity, but <clears throat> it's capable of tremendous power in a safe package. However, it still has lithium in it, and the shipping rules of lithium um, treat it as hazardous material. So I can. I can I can ship them around North America on a on a truck, but I can't truck it to Europe and I can't truck it to Australia. I have to put it on a ship, and in order to do that, we have to have a hazardous material permit, and it's just more money. I mean, I could get it, but uh, it's just more money. So the radio frequency issue and the lithium power issue is what keeps us from going overseas, and it's too bad because we actually have more response over there than than in North America.
0: Hmm. Okay. Could you, could you buy the batteries overseas and just ship the unit without the batteries in them?
1: Um, you know, I've had, there was a couple people that were just so desperate to get this product, they were willing to address those issues. Um, but there's the other issues that I don't have any way to, to do customer support, so I need to get a distributor lined up, I need to get them trained, you know, all those things. So it's, I don't want to just send it off to somebody in, in the UK and not be able to service it. Um, and so, it, you know, there were the legal issues of frequency and and sh- hazardous shipping, but there's also the customer support issues that are hard to manage. So, we do have a distributor in in Canada. Um, they're located in Vancouver, just north of here. Um, so we're able to you know import into Canada, and there's no problem with that. But other than that, it's, it's U.S. and Canada.
0: So most people that are buying from me are buying direct from you at your website then, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, in fact, that's the only mech- mechanism we have right now. And like I say, we're, we're thinking about going to Amazon. Amazon takes, you know, their, their share. Uh, so we're reluctant to do that yet. But, you know, if we really wanted to grow the industry and grow the product, that's what we would do.
0: Are you selling enough that inventory is becoming a cash flow problem yet?
1: Uh, well, yes and no. Um, it's, 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 (laughs) my wife's name is Wendy. So I'm financed by the bank of Wendy (laughs) and, and I have a credit limit with the bank of Wendy. Um, and so, yeah, that limits, that limits how many I can build at a time because of inventory constraints. Um, you know, it wouldn't take much. I could get a bank loan and all that stuff, but I uh, I prefer to grow, what they call it growing it organically.
0: Ooh, and so bootstrapping is what, what I call it. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So that's what we're doing. Um, we are talking to uh, partners that are already present in certain industries. So, for example, in the pontoon boat industry. Um, we are interested in, in working with somebody that's already established in that market to be the front person for this product. I, I can't say too much about it, but that's that's an approach we're looking at, um, and we'd be open to that in other markets as well.
0: Okay, if somebody got on your website and uh, and ordered something here, what's what sort of delivery date do you have? Do you have a back a backlog right now of orders that you're shipping?
1: So this is a modern high-tech product, but our order system is old-school, low-tech. <laughs> um, because each – boats are – there's just not a uniform form factor for sailboats or crawlers, And each boat is different, and people hang their tenders off differently and all that stuff. So you cannot actually go onto our website and place an order without first talking to us and discussing your boat. Um, it doesn't do the owner any good nor us any good to ship a product off that has a, you know, the boat has a bob stay and we can't support, for example. Um, so we we prefer not to do that and instead get pictures of the boat and work with the owner. Um, you know, all that consulting is part of the process, so we don't charge anything for that and help people figure out how to get on their boat. And once we figure that out, we sell them the correct mount and the thruster that time and so we take the order over the phone
0: okay okay so you've got your email on here so they send you an email with their phone number and you arrange to talk to them and have well service we start there. we start
1: the conversation with email yep. you know and you mm-hmm. can send pictures by email and all that and and uh you know we get it's funny we get people with 22 foot runabouts that want to put this thruster on and you know i look at their boat and say well it's probably not a good match um, so it wouldn't do any good for them to run off and buy it and then find out later that it's not a match. But we also get, you know, you know a, a Catalina 36 owner, and, and it's pretty straightforward. We've done a bunch of those, so we know exactly what mount to use. And so it's, um, you know, it all depends on the owner and the boat. And some, and some people are more handy than others, too. That's an interesting thing. As simple as this is, there are some people that want to hire it done. And so then we work with people that would be, you know, that whoever they're going to hire,
0: we'd work with them. All right. So what is the, uh, how long will the battery last? And then what's the recharging procedure for the battery?
1: Okay. There's, when you say last, it's like how many years will it last? No, or no, how no. I'm thinking
0: of, of how, okay. you know, how long you could run it when you're running it back and forth. So,
1: yeah. So it, the batteries are good for 10 minutes of continuous operation. Okay. Uh, and uh, that's enough for four or five dockings. I mean, you know, nobody's going to take 10 minutes of thrust. That's at full on thrust. Um, and that it's actually, in terms of continuous operation, that's actually longer than a lot of built in thrusters because they tend to overheat. Um, everybody's familiar with that problem. And they also consume enormous amounts of power. So even if you have a dedicated battery, it's going to drain that battery in pretty well in 10 minutes as well. So. Um, we're able to get by with 10 minutes on these lithium batteries, uh, largely because the, the propellers are very efficient. You don't have the drag of the tunnel and and it's a large diameter prop instead of a small diameter prop and it's spinning low RPM instead of high RPM. So all those things conserve the battery for the, for the same amount of thrust. So, so 10 minutes, uh, we recommend that if you're, you get down to half charge, and the, and the charge status is shown in the faceplate at the top, that uh, you recharge at that point just in case you do get into a situation where you need sustained thrusting. And it takes about three and a half hours of a fully depleted thruster to uh, get it recharged.
0: And is it charged by AC or DC power?
1: Well, the so we have a charger that plugs into AC. Okay. Um, if you just have DC available, then then we just use a there's a small and it's basically an inverter that's okay. the size of a deck of cards and it'll convert the, you know, you can plug the uh, charger into that.
0: Okay, so it's, it's not then. a high-amp draw on the charger, then, is what you're no, saying? No, 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 okay. no.
1: You can, it's, so with a small inverter, you don't need a special big inverter or anything like that. You can charge this thing. It only charges at a 4-amp level into the into the batteries, and it's t- even at that, it only takes three and a half hours.
0: Okay, all right.
1: Thrust, thrusting is a, f- a funny thing. It's It doesn't take a lot of energy. It takes a lot of power. So when you need it, you need, a, you need a really good kick for a short period of time, you know, a minute or two. And so these, these lithium iron phosphate batteries are, are ideal for that.
0: So when you say a lot of power, they need to deliver a lot of amps in a short period of time, sort of like a car starting battery? Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, okay. you're, it's in fact, that's exactly right. So it takes a tremendous amount of current um, and... And so if you're using the old lead-acid type thing, then you need a fairly big battery to give yourself 100 amps of, of current. Um, but with lithium iron phosphates, a relatively compact battery is is capable of the 100 amps. So.
0: Okay. And so the last—you you actually addressed a question I hadn't thought of, but let's ask how long will the lithium batteries last, uh, you know— how many years before you need to replace them? The the lithium well, iron batteries. That's what I'm talking.
1: Well, I'm glad you asked that question because that's a strong selling point of ours. <laughs> that's why that's why I fed it into you actually. Uh, um, so this is not like your uh, laptop batteries, which are good for five seven years. This is a much more robust uh, battery technology. Like I said, it's lower capacity, but you don't really care about that. You just care about power. So they're they're rated for 25 years or uh, 2,000 cycles, whichever comes first, and 2,000 cycles on most people's boat is going to last more than 25 years so you should expect it to be you know, good for 25 years
0: and so at that time you'd probably be replacing the whole unit, I would think
1: well, most people are replacing their boat before that. so
0: <laughs> not me, not me <laughs> no, I say that, I
1: had my Catalina 30 for many years I think about that, that period of time so yeah
0: so do you have it on your trawler?
1: Oh yeah, I have both bow and stern thrusters on my trawler. And, um, you know, for sailboat you just need one or the other, um, especially if you have a fin keel. Um, but for the trawlers, I, you know, there's just no prevention of side slips. So the, the two thrusters allow you to move your boat laterally sideways. And, and you can do that when you come in the dock, you can just hold the boat next to the dock before you get out with the lines. My wife's getting – well, we're both getting on in years, and I don't really want her jumping off the boat anymore uh, with with the midship line. Um, so we just bring it in and have the, the thrusters hold the boat while we calmly get off and, and then tie it up. Because you can, you know, you can control the thrusters from the dock. It's a handheld remote, so either on the boat or on the dock, you can control the boat. Okay.
0: Now, if you had two thrusters, do they operate on different frequencies so you can run them independently, or would they be run off one remote control?
1: They're they're run off one remote control. So even if you buy one thruster, you get the remote that's capable of doing two. It's the same frequency, but there's, you know, there's, uh, there's coding in the transmission that tells it which, which one you're talking to. Okay. And there's, and just like you it's not Bluetooth, but similar to Bluetooth, there's a pairing process. So you tell the, the motors, that, okay, you're a stern thruster and you're a bow thruster. And, um, so you can have them both thrusting to port together, or you can have one go to starboard and one go to port and have the boat spin around on its axis and, um, it's I've I have a, a video that was shot from a drone overhead where I actually have the engine off and I move the boat away from the dock, spin it around 360 one way, spin it around 360 the other way, and then bring it back to the dock, and all that done by the thrusters. Um, but unfortunately, it was a foggy day and the video came out poorly, and I don't have access to the, the, dro- the drone anymore.
0: Okay, so I'm looking at this one YouTube video, Dockstar Thrust. Smart Thruster. Is that you? I think that's you actually on the boat, right? Is that you de- demonstrating it, correct?
1: Probably me. I don't know which video you're looking at, but I'm, yeah, you this, know, we were talking about this, how much do I have invested. I can't hire
0: actors, so I also. <laughs> yeah, this one I says also, publish. I also hire, I get a scab <laughs> actor in and do that. October 12, 2017 is what this one's dated. So. Yeah, yeah. And it looks okay. like you've had about eight 8,000 views on this, so you're you're getting some some. Some visibility out there. Well, Randy, thanks for your time. What else should I, do you want to let people know before we call it an interview? Well, I
1: just would encourage people to, uh, you know, don't try and make the assessment yay or nay on their boat. Go ahead and send us an email, and we'll be glad to help you. Um, I would caution that we are aimed at displacement hulls. So this would be sail, sailboats and trawlers. You know, we don't really do planing boats, um, although we have done stern thrusters on plane boats. But anyway, if you have any questions about your boat, don't hesitate to send us an email and, and uh, send us a picture of your boat, and we'll get the conversation started.
0: All right, Randy, thanks for your time.
1: Okay. Thanks a
0: lot, Franz. Talk to you later.
1: Bye-bye. Bye.
0: life is short. In the end, all that really matters is the memories you make. So make a few. Go sailing.